Hello, bonjour, hello, hey, hiya and previet hockey fans, welcome to the Europuck Podcast. The show where two blokes from Blighty talk about everything to do with European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. From the Russian KHL to the Swedish Hockey League, the Finnish Liga to the Swiss National League, the British Elite League to the Alps Hockey League, we talk about anything and everything European hockey. Catch our podcast every Friday from August the 28th, however you get your podcasts, and on the Europuck Podcast YouTube channel. The Europuck Podcast, giving you guys European hockey. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up? Welcome back to the Kane's Train Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thanks for tuning in. If you are listening, I would recommend highly that you rate and review this show and subscribe on iTunes uh, because that way, one, you get it right away, which is essential. Sorry, I had to reach and <laughs> hit something real quick. Um, and secondly, you know, you support the show, and that's great. And we have, you know, just without giving away too many numbers, over a hundred subscribers, which isn't even a ton, but is more than nine, and that's how many reviews we have, or ratings. Ratings. Tap a star. It's not hard. You got it. I believe in you guys and girls, so go make it happen. Um, all right. Well, you heard my conversation with Sean McIndoe uh, of The Athletic last week on Thursday. If you listen to that episode, if not, go back and listen to it. I think it was a really good one. Um, he was great to talk to, and we certainly, as always, appreciate our guests giving us the time to uh, you know, discuss some hockey things and maybe some non-hockey things, and uh, it's always fun. And my dog's growling, and it's fine. Uh, the show goes on. But anyway, um, so you heard us talk last week about hoping that the NHL would announce something uh, official, at least somewhat, in with regard to the restart. You've, of course, heard the January 13th thing floated around, and now we have a little bit more news, um, so I'll touch on that first. The first bit of news um, that kind of, you know, Pierre Lebrun and other insiders are reporting on is that the January 13th 56-game season is, uh, is the plan, and it is pretty much good to go as long as it's approved by both sides. <laughs> so um, I'm sure there's still some things to iron out. We'll get into what a couple of those things probably are. Um, the biggest um, you know, thing to overcome problem is you'd have to get this in Canada approved by the uh, provincial, whatever you want to call it, providential. <laughs> I don't even know how you say that word. But the, the leadership there in each province that the teams play in, because right now 
Uh, it doesn't sound like they have approval to play in Canada, which is a bit of a bummer, um, but understandable, I guess, to an extent with everything going on. And, you know, Canada's got some surging cases after doing pretty well with it the first wave the second wave seems to have hit them pretty hard and it's nice and cold up there in the great white north so i can see how some problems would arise what i will say to that is it's very very strange to me when governments have problems with leagues oh you're gonna travel oh you're gonna you know be around each other here in this setting you say no to that or you you at least say we have to think about it but then, aren't there people traveling anyway? Like, your airports aren't closed, right? So, is it safer for guys that are going through protocols and getting tested, like, literally every day, if not more? Like, at the minimum, once a day, getting tested and making sure they're negative before they go to the next place? Is, is that safer, or is just letting everyone into the airport and as it normally operates. Like if you're going to let the second thing happen, how do you not allow the first thing to happen? I'm not arguing either way. I'm not saying, you know, you, we should be playing, we shouldn't be playing. You, you form your own opinion on that. I don't care what it is. All I'm saying is that logically, if you're going to allow people who aren't getting tested every day in and out of airports and whatnot, then how can you reasonably say <laughs> that the people going through all these protocols can't do it safely? Um, that's definitely the safer option is the NA is what the NHL would put in place. So I don't know up in the air, but it is what it is just to me, either, you know, close your airports or say it's fine <laughs> because logically you can't do both, but that's neither here nor there. The government, the governments in the world don't usually always, um, you know, operate on logic. It's not a thing that crosses the paths of many government desks nowadays or maybe ever. But anyway, that's a problem. So if if the government does not, which by the way, I've, I've heard a lot of people, or I've heard, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter and stuff just being stupid and saying things like, oh, well, this is the US's fault. Okay, well, let's stop you there. Because first of all, you know, it's a, it's a pandemic. Everyone's having a little bit of trouble with it because it's very hard to control and people are going to do what they want. And unless you have soldiers outside of people's doors, they're going to leave their house, you know? You can't, I don't really want to live in a world where, you know, people are walking me to and from work, but, uh, you know, whatever. People are having problems with it. The U.S. has had cases, Canada's had cases, all over the world they've had cases, okay? To say that this is the U.S.'s fault, get out of here with that, all right? I'm not taking the blame for your government and what they want people to do. That's completely on, and they can make up their minds, and that's, you know, it's a different country's government. Do whatever you want. But don't come back and blame it on the U.S. for the fact that your government might not let you play. It's a complete... We haven't even been able to go... No one from the U.S. is supposed to go to Canada. So it's not like we've just been flooding your border and bringing disease to you. Whatever's going on up there is going on up there. And it would have gone on up there with or without us. So I don't know where that's coming from. But I just wanted to go ahead and shut that down. It's a real stupid argument on behalf of anyone in Canada. Uh, this is sounding very anti-Canada. I love Canada. Nothing against you, but use your brain, you know? Um, the, the thing that might happen if, and this is a big, this is a big uh, potential stop sign to me with any of these plans and approvals and everything, is if those government uh, leadership, whatever, whatever the fuck it is, I don't know how Canada works, whatever, whoever's in charge up there, if they decide that the teams can't play in Canada, um, 
the option in, exists to have those teams play in the U.S. Um, of course, that would have to get approved by the Players Association. And that's another weird Twitter thing I've seen. And hey, I got a feeling a lot of the people saying these things probably from Canada because Canadian hockey people on Twitter are out of their mind. And, you know, it's passion. It's great. We love it. But sometimes it's a little wild. I've seen a lot of people, and I mean a lot of people, say things like, so move them to the U.S. for one season. Big deal. It's like, whoa, that kind of is a big deal. Uh, it's a it's a really strange phenomenon to me when people treat athletes like they're just like animals in cages that are there for our amusement. Like, we're paying you, entertain us, animal. Like, they're still people doing a job. And yeah, they get paid a lot of money for it, but like, is it not worth it? Do you not pay to go see them? There's only so many people in the world that could do what they do. Are they not worth the money? It obviously is because they're getting revenue and still getting paid. You know what I mean? So like they're worth the money they're getting paid. It's not like we're just giving them. It's not they won the lottery. Like they worked hard to get to the skill level that they're at and performing the way they perform. I don't think you random Twitter person could be a professional athlete. I just don't. All right. Uh, I know you probably had that knee injury that, oh, I could have made it if it wasn't for that. But we all know that that's never true. So with that being said, random Twitter person, explain to me how moving not only just from where you live and where your job usually is, but to a different country for a while, like months, like half of a year almost, five months. And explain to me how that's not a big deal. <laughs> I mean, you can argue whatever over whether or not you think guys should um, make the decision to play and say, I'll do whatever it takes to play. I'm sure there are plenty of people who feel that way. But to say that it's not a big deal is, what is a big deal then? Let your, let someone, you know, let your boss tell you, hey, uh, I'm, we're going to need to transfer you. You're going to get paid the same, but we're going to need to transfer you uh, to another country. So um, can you do that in a couple weeks and be there for, let's just call it five months? You'd be like, Huh? You wouldn't be like, well, that's really not a big deal. All I have to do is uproot my entire life, my family, if I have kids, move my kids, find a house, do all these things, live in a foreign country for months and not be able to go back home until it's over. Not a big deal, right? Just leaving everything you know behind in your home. No one wants to leave their home for five months. I mean, I know they're getting paid for it, but they're supposed to get paid for it wherever they play. <laughs> like, no one agreed to get paid what they get paid to, to have to live outside of their home for however long. I mean, I guess a, European players do it all season, but, um, you know, you agreed to that when you signed for the team. Pl players playing in, you know, Toronto, Ottawa, Winnipeg didn't sign to play in Minnesota and buy a house in Winnipeg. Like, why would you, you know? So whatever, have your opinion on whether or not it's worth it for those guys. I'm sure a lot of them would agree with both opinions. I'm sure there are plenty of people saying that's absurd. I would never do that. I'm sure there are people saying, you know, it's not ideal, but whatever it takes to play, I'll do it. Okay. So I'm sure that you could find players in the league that agree with either opinion that you have, but to say that it's not a big deal, I don't know that you'd get anyone that would agree with that. Um, it's, it's a pretty big deal to uproot your whole life like that for a long, long time. I don't think any of you would just do it. And to the, you know, oh, they get paid millions of dollars. Yeah, because that's what they're worth. Everyone should be able to get paid what they're worth. What are you worth at your job? How would you feel if someone said, ah, just pay you less? You should get paid what you're worth. Everyone should. So, you know, 
if you develop some crazy talent where you're one in 500 people in the world that can do it, well, you're probably going to be worth some money. Unless it's a dumb talent. You know, if you're number three in the world in like stick juggling, not sure there's a much of a career there, but you should go for it either way. That's my randomest thing I can think of. Stick juggling. Not even a thing, I don't think. Somebody send me a video. Somebody Google stick juggling and send me like the first GIF that pops up. At Kane's Train Pod on Twitter. But yeah, I think that's crazy when people have thoughts like that about athletes. Like you wouldn't be saying that about any other group of people in the world except for athletes. We just treat athletes like you're here to entertain me. They're like dogs. They're like show dogs. We treat athletes like show dogs. It's absurd. Anyway, so that's a big thing. Um, You know, I'm hoping that they can move past that. Maybe move, if you have to move, at least maybe you can move to a different province. I don't know. Either way, it's a lot to ask for. Uh, But if those teams can't play in their rinks, we got some some thinking to do. Um, And then this plan, of course, has to get approved by the Board of Governors and the Players Association, which it sounds like the Players Association um, should have a vote. I can't remember whether it's today as this comes out or what um i it, it was it's in the very near future if not has happened already at this point i'm recording this a couple days before this episode comes out so look out for that but it sounds like that 56 game season uh is a go and another bit of news with that is you've heard multiple times us talk about realignment and what those will end up being and uh you heard the very very wise mike maniscalco say you know these things are never set in stone and you know I'm not really one to speculate so just we'll see what it is and that'll be fine and he was very very right to say that because it changed like 1200 times on us but it does look like the um divisions well at least let's go through the hurricanes division first and then we'll go through the other ones uh Carolina Columbus Dallas Detroit Chicago Florida Nashville Tampa so those are all the same teams we were talking about before except the rotating chair of Minnesota, St. Louis, Dallas, ended up being Dallas, which is the worst news for the Hurricanes to me, but uh, I feel like creates the most balance and probably makes the most sense for the league. Anyway, in a league with, or in a, uh, in a division with Tampa, Columbus, Dallas, and then Detroit, Chicago, Florida, Nashville, um, I feel like Carolina should be able to... I mean, look, if you can't be a top-four team in that division, uh, it's time to change some things. The, with the, what the Hurricanes have been able to do in the last couple of years, there is no excuse for not being a top four team in that division. And then the way the playoffs would work, allegedly, um, as long as this gets approved, it would be, you know, the divisions would host their own playoffs, basically. So uh, one through four, one plays four, two plays three, winners of those play each other. And then each division would have a champion that they would send to a hub in, it sounds like probably Edmonton, to uh, play the playoffs there. And we'd have a semifinal and a final. And that would be very different, but hey, it is what it is. So it sounds like other teams aren't going to matter. You you focus on your division. I'm also wondering, once this gets approved and gets going, any teams that are thinking about you know fine-tuning their roster, you probably fine-tune it to match what you need out of your division. I mean, if the Hurricanes are in this division, uh, I'm worried more about playing a... Uh, a good two-way game, a grindy game that gets you through. If you're in a division with, you know, Boston, uh, the Rangers, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Washington, and the rest of those teams, you might worry about more speed. If you're in the other division with, you know, Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, L.A., Minnesota, St. Louis, 
San Jose and Vegas. Maybe you worry more about some speed and some physicality. You know, there's just each division's going to have its own way it plays at the top, like the teams you need to get through. Um, and just going kind of one by one here, I'll give you my expectations. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm sure Hurricanes fans are all thinking this is going to be a cakewalk. Nothing's ever a cakewalk in the NHL. If you haven't learned that yet, I don't know what you've been watching, but there's a lot of parody in this league, okay? Even the worst teams. I mean, look at Detroit last year. Everybody said they were, I mean, they were bad, okay? Bad team. They still beat Montreal four times. Uh, Montreal wasn't a great team either, but they weren't bad. Um, they were a, they were a middle of the, middle of the road team, you know, kind of right toward the middle of, uh, of league standings. So not great, but not terrible. And they really got better as the year went on. I thought so. Um, if they can beat, if they can get beaten by the worst team in the league all four times they play them, I mean, then it happens, right? So let's go one by one here. Let's start with Columbus. But my grander point here is I don't know that the Hurricanes are going to have as easy of a time in this division as people think. Because it's a it's a division with now a few really grindy teams that uh, can hurt you, and some teams that sometimes when the Hurricanes play down to, they play their game a little bit too much, like Detroit and so forth. And I feel like that could get you in trouble. Same thing with Chicago. So let's just go through here. Columbus. Okay, we know that the Hurricanes struggled with Columbus last year, um, and Columbus is a very tough team to play against. They've also added Max Domi this year, which I think makes them even better. Uh, they were a good team last year. I was, I was, I did not want to play Columbus last year. This is a team that plays the way I think the Hurricanes played in 2018 and got them to the playoffs for the first time in 10 years. This is a team you don't want to have to play, uh, but it's by no means a team too good for the Hurricanes to beat. They just have to focus really hard on that two-way game. That up and down, you know, pond hockey crap is not going to work against a structured team like a Columbus. So, uh, you know, if we're playing Columbus, let's what is it's got to be eight times for 56 games, seven other teams in the division. Then uh, I would say, you know, four and four. If I had to guess, I think the Hurricanes can go four and four against Columbus. And honestly, with that matchup, the way it seemed to work for the Hurricanes in the past, that'd probably be good. It could be, it could go maybe plus or minus one game either side of 500, but I see that being a, a tough matchup for the Canes. The next one's Dallas. Now, the Hurricanes have had even more problems with Dallas, and if you ask me, it's because they're an even better two-way team that has some speed and skill still in their four group. They're going to heavily depend on how well their goaltending performs. When their goalies are hot, uh, they're really tough to beat. That goes for most teams, really, but definitely Dallas. Um, and it's going to depend on can these young players keep taking steps forward? You know, Are you still getting uh, great performances from guys like uh, Denis Gurionov or Rupe Hintz um, you know, those type of players. And then at the top are, are Tyler Sagan and Jamie Ben coming to the table with some points or are they having a tough go of it? Um, Dallas can go either way, but I mean, they made it to the Stanley Cup final and, you know, they didn't make it easy for Tampa. They didn't make it, you know, impossible by any means, but Tampa's a really good team. So uh, it's also interesting that Dallas and Tampa will be in the same division and playing each other a whole bunch of times after a Stanley Cup final last season. But Dallas, you know, uh, that's a tough one for the Hurricanes. It really, if Dallas, if it's the Dallas from last year, I think a three and five, you know, is, is, that's, prove me wrong, Hurricanes, basically. I mean, you, you couldn't beat them last year. So I'm hoping that we're able to learn from that and go forward. You should be able to, but Dallas is going to be another team at least you're pushing for 500 against, I think. Now Detroit, let's move on to these next few teams. I think that these are the teams that the Hurricanes are going to have to run through if they want to have good success in this division because the rest of it's going to be tough. Detroit, 
Look, Detroit's not good, okay? No team in this league is awful. No team is awful. Uh, they might appear that way on paper, but uh, Detroit's got some good pieces, just like every team does. Every team has really good players on it. Um, and Detroit, you know, they don't have defense, and they're really young. They're really young, so uh, they don't tend to play very structured at all times. Um, I would think that this is a team the Hurricanes should be able to go at least like 6-2 and two against. Uh, and you push for, you know, a sweep if you can, because you should beat them every game, but it's just not how hockey goes. So many bounces and all that. Um, the likelihood is you probably lose a couple to them in an eight game season against them season series. But, uh, I look for at least six wins against Detroit. If the hurricanes want to have success, moving on to Chicago, Chike town. I hate that. Um, Chicago is a similar Similar situation to me. Um, they've got a little bit more skill on their roster, I think, but a core that's getting older and older. So how much longer can Taves and Kane keep being, you know, the difference makers on that team? Obviously, they've got guys like Kirby Doc, who uh, are probably going to take another step forward after a really good rookie year and probably be even better players. Um, so you know, a challenge. But the Hawks, no defense. Their defense is bad really bad, like jokingly bad at times. Um, and who's their goalie? Malcolm Subban right now? They don't have a real goalie. You know, people give the Hurricanes crap for their goaltending. Chicago literally doesn't have a goalie right now. They just let everyone go and didn't really bring in any options. So that's going to be damn near impossible to win. I mean, unless, you know, a, a backup caliber goalie is going to go off, which can happen. You heard Sean McIndoe say it last week, goaltending is voodoo. I've never heard a truer statement spoken on this podcast. It is. So you never know what could happen with that. But uh, Chicago, it's going to be tough for them to have success, especially in this division uh, against teams that, you know, aren't going to just let their top players, you know, have free reign of the ice. It's gonna, They're going to make it difficult for them. And Chicago's defense isn't good enough to handle a, a high caliber offense. I think Carolina's got plenty of weapons that can hurt Chicago. Um, and they've had a lot of success. So this is another team I'm looking to go at least six and two against. Um now moving on to the Florida Panthers. Uh, Florida is a team where they're like the wild card of this division to me. Um, they should be better than they are. And Florida, once again, comes down to the goaltending to me. Is Bobrovsky going to have a better season than he's had for the Panthers? Um, or is he going to go back to struggling? Or is he going to be hot and then cold and then hot and then cold? I think he needs to be hot. If he's hot, the Panthers are in that top four conversation, no questions asked to me. They did lose some scoring, um, you know, but they've added some pieces too. They're, I don't know what to think of the Panthers. The Panthers are one of those teams like Philadelphia has been the last few years that you should be better than you were before, but prove me wrong because you haven't, you know, you haven't really shown it. And the Hurricanes were that team for a while. You know, we kept thinking, oh, they're going to get better, and then they just wouldn't. So, um, you know, what's it going to take for the Panthers to get over the hump? They've got enough good players, I think, to do it. Um, but I think it really is going to go for the goaltending. Like, it's going to be the biggest thing. But anyway, the Panthers can be tough. Um, the Hurricanes have had pretty good success against them. But I would say 5-3 and three against the Panthers would be a good, um, you know, winning that season series is, is what you look for. The next team on the list is Nashville. Um, and Nashville is another kind of wild cardy team, but I don't think Nashville's great. I think they're a average team at best. Um, and the Hurricanes have had their way with Nashville recently. 
And the goaltending situation there is the same thing up in the air. Pecorine has been an amazing goaltender in his career, but it's not the same. Once you get older and older, uh, you can't expect the same Pecorine. And UC Soros, I think, has been a little underwhelming for them. I mean, look, I like UC Soros, but I think Nashville Predators fans would tell you they hoped for a little bit more out of him with the potential he was showing. Uh, does it sound familiar? <laughs> Maybe a similar situation to someone like Cam Ward uh, after having such a good rookie outing in the playoffs and putting a little too much on his shoulders with almost no help. But Nashville's got a really good defense. Obviously, they've got guys like Roman Yossi, um, and that's always a tool you can lean on. They've, of course, got top-end guys like Victor Arvidsson and Philip Forsberg uh, that are always dangerous. You know, Matt Duchesne, for better or for worse, hasn't quite been the Matt Duchesne. That I think no team that's gotten Matt Duchesne has gotten the Matt Duchesne they wanted since he's been in Colorado. But, you know, maybe it's a product of who you're playing with at a certain point. But anyway... Nashville's a team I think the Hurricanes should be able to have a lot of success with. I'm going to I'm going to put that as another team that they go 6 and 2 against. I really think you need to Nashville it, to me is the team that the best team that you need to run through and have little problem with them, okay? And then we've got Tampa. We've got Tampa Bay and we know what we're getting out of Tampa Bay. They've been great, they're going to remain great. They've got strengths, they've got amazing fourth group good defense, and a really good goalie, okay? So it's never going to be an easy time against Tampa, but the Hurricanes have proven they can beat Tampa. Um, and I think that, you know, three and five or so against the Tampa Bay is a success. So I'll be wrong on plenty of these numbers. You know, I would imagine the Hurricanes probably get beat up by a team I don't expect them to get beat up by. I imagine they probably run through a team I don't expect them to have so much ease with. But who knows what could happen? But to be top four in this division, I think you got to go 500 against the tough teams, which to me are Columbus, Dallas, uh, and Tampa. You got to be, you know, plus one over 500 against like a Florida, Nashville, and you got to roll through Detroit and Chicago. You do that, you'll have no problems. You could probably push for, heck, first, second, if you can do that. Uh, you probably have to be a little bit better than 500 against those teams, but, um, you know, those, those topper topper those upper teams in the division to get to first but uh you can you could definitely threaten to be part of that two three matchup if if tampa's gonna come first you know i don't think you want to play them first or maybe you do maybe it doesn't matter maybe we should all be rod brendamore dude once you get to the playoffs who cares throw the seeds out the window you're gonna have to play i mean the only thing you're doing if you don't want to have to play tampa okay so you get second or third and you just hope that you don't have to play tampa but then guess what you're playing a team that just beat tampa in a series so they're probably not going to be easy to go through either. Um, so it is what it is. You got you to go through that team eventually. Um, I know people love watching their teams just go farther, but the goal is a championship. So technically anything less than a championship, I won't call it a failure, but you didn't go as far as you wanted. So either way, if you lose in the first round or if you lose in the, in the final, you didn't go as far as you wanted. Um, and if you got to take out the best team first, then take out the best team first. It should go. It should only get easier from there. All right, so that's that's kind of a division preview. Um, of course, like I said, all of this is subject to approval on either end. I would think that by the time I put out the next, well, definitely by the time we put out the next episode, there won't be an episode on Thursday, by the way, because it's Christmas Eve, um, and network, most shows at least, will take a break during that time. So I'll put this one out this week, and then you'll get another one next Monday, next Thursday. And that's how that'll go. Um, and I'll try to, See if I can swing a guest on to, to chat with me to, so you don't have to listen to just this 
But hey, sometimes we do it solo, and there's nothing wrong with that. I've made it this far. Uh, I hope to keep keep climbing. So I don't really have much else to talk about. You know, uh, we could sit here and preview the Hurricanes lineups and whatnot, but I want to wait for the season to get announced before I do that because I have a feeling that that's when things might change roster wise if they're going to do you know if anybody's going to do anything around the league and. I don't know. I just like I like to at least know what the plan is going forward so I know at least what to guess at if I'm going to have to do that. So there you go. Sorry if you want to hear a bunch of speculation. I don't think there's any point in doing it, so you're coming to the wrong show. But anyway, thanks for sticking around if you have. Um, go rate and review the show on iTunes. Follow at Kings Train Pod. Follow at HockeyPodNet on the Twitter. And uh, yeah, I've been doing some Twitch streaming. Um, I'm going to add... Uh, this shows streaming stuff to to that Twitch profile as well. So go follow if you're on Twitch. Go follow Tompkins T O M P K I N Z eighteen on Twitch. Um, I'll do some of the podcasts live there. You'll see those, and then you'll have videos there you can watch. Um, I will do, be doing some gaming because I'm a nerd. Uh, a little bit of Apex Legends, maybe a little bit of Call of Duty. You know, um, having fun doing some of that so go check that out if you're interested and uh i will be streaming some music stuff as well and with that it'll go back and forth between like kind of just some messing around quasi live performances if you will it's usually just me you know strumming a guitar um and playing some stuff that i do on my own anyway might as well throw it out there as a as a live thing so come hang out for that um and then i also you know i do a lot of production stuff with my own music and messing around with that stuff so if that interests you um i'm a fan of taking people behind the scenes on that i think it's really cool to see how music gets produced and all the tools that go into it and what a process it is so if that interests you always go follow on twitch tompkins t-o-m-p-k-i-n-z 18 on twitch uh and at cane strain pod on twitter thank you guys so much uh for sticking around and we hope to see you next monday enjoy your holidays whatever you celebrate have a good time with it tell your family hello be careful uh and i wish you all the best till next time